G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, there are Christian ministries that deal with helping people get on their feet when they've struggled to keep things together. Sometimes it's been addictions, sometimes family breakdowns. Sometimes we make mistakes and find ourselves locked up doing time. Well, let's give some attention today to one ministry that focuses on ex-offenders or people with addictions and people who've gone through family breakdown. An organization called the William Wilberforce Foundation exists in Australia to support community groups to care for marginalized and disadvantaged Australians. Well, the National Director of the William Wilberforce Foundation, Jonathan Green, is joining us. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, Neil. Great to be with you. Thanks for taking the time. Well, Jonathan, I'm sure there'll be many people hearing our conversation today thrilled that there is a William Wilberforce Foundation. What a great champion he was addressing the biggest issue of his day, slavery. How does his legacy inspire the work that you're doing with the William Wilberforce Foundation? Absolutely. I I just, I admire Wilberforce so much and, um, I think every time that I'm out talking to people about this work and they hear about the name of the organization, you see a little spark in their eye. There's so much admiration um, for Wilberforce. So I think there's a a few reasons. One, um, we're all about trying to be part of a social reformation, trying to be part of seeing social transformation. And Wilberforce was one of the great reformers of, of history, really. Uh, played such a huge role, obviously, in in uh, ending slavery at that time. Of course, we know it's an ongoing issue, but playing such a role in that. Uh, one of the things Wilberforce said is that the Lord God Almighty has laid before me two great tasks. One is uh, to bring an end to slavery, and the second was the reformation of manners. And that's really where we're drawing our inspiration from Wilberforce. And the Reformation of Manners has been one um, uh, time before Wilberforce, but uh, Wilberforce introduced this bill before Parliament. And really it was he saw that around him society was a mess. There was people treating one another in ways that they shouldn't. The prison systems were overflowing. People were treating animals in a, a cruel and unkind way. And so organizations like the RSPCA were established out of this reformation of manners, but also um, measures to bring a, an end to um, some of the, the problems in the prison system and to reduce recidivism, reduce that rate of people going back into the prison system. So that's where we draw our inspiration from Wilberforce. But isn't it just, it's just a great name. I love it. It is a great name and more closely associated with Australia than most people think, given that he was one of those that endorsed our very first Christian leader in Australia, the chaplain on the First Fleet, 
Richard Johnson. And uh, that sort of foundation, even for an organization today that's named after him, actually has a really fabulous foundation because Wilberforce was into prison reform. And when those ships came in the first fleet, they had convicts on board. So, of course, there's a real connection there, isn't there? Absolutely. And I had heard that story, Neil, and it's a fabulous one. There's a few other connections as well. Uh, Wilberforce had some family members, and in Melbourne, in the suburb of Caulfield, there's a a church that um, has a plaque on the wall regarding uh, one of Wilberforce's family members who uh, played a role in in that church community uh, out here in Australia. So there are a number of connections to Wilberforce here in Australia. Uh, let me come back to something you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned words uh, recidivism. Uh, not everybody mm. understands that. We're talking about reconvictions for people That's who've right. committed a crime, they've done the time, they're out of jail, and then they get involved in more crime. But uh, there's some statistics that show that when one year after release, uh, it's as high as 76% for reconvictions. And when people like yourselves in the ministry that you're doing get involved, that 76% falls way, way down. How do you reflect on the numbers and and the the good things that happen when you actually are supporting people who've been in jail? Yeah, that's right, Neil. I mean, uh, in all different parts of Australia, we we see different recidivism rates and reconviction rates. um, But certainly there are some very high rates in, in particular parts of Australia, um, probably across the board uh, on average, it, it's about one in two will end up back in prison within two years. And that's a startling statistic. I mean, the fact that uh, we have a system that is so broken that people will end up back in prison, you know, most most people will end up back in prison when they come out. There's something completely wrong about that so our work really is to try and combat that try and put in place some measures and some support um, and a a framework so that uh, somebody coming out has a much better chance and we've seen that and that can happen through the local church we've our work started in the UK and it started because Alpha started to go into prisons all throughout the UK and as people started to come to faith these people would come out of the prisons and they would connect into the churches. Now, the churches didn't always know how to support or to deal with them. And so the Caring for Ex-Offenders program was started, and we exported it out here, and we've been running it here in Australia for a number of years. We started the William Wilberforce Foundation about four years ago to look after that program and look after a few of our other focuses around addiction and family breakdown as well. But our work is, is... primarily through that local church community, because I think church can play such an integral role in this. There's people who will put their hands up. There's resources that are often untapped into. Uh, People with businesses who might be willing to give somebody a chance. There's uh, often people with skills around maybe finance who could help somebody with doing a budget, a crucial aspect when you come out of prison, being able to utilize the resources that you have to the best of your ability. Um, And there's people with all sorts of other skills, but there's people who will put their hands up and mentor as well or just drive somebody, you know, if they need to go to to the bank or if they need to go do their groceries or they need to go to an appointment. Those practical skills and support uh, can make all the difference for somebody. We've found that when somebody comes out and they have that support, 
more than likely they're not going to end up back in the prison system. And even when they have, most of the time, uh, the church is able to play an active role in visiting them and supporting them. And most of the time they'll end up back in that church community and supported. So I just think that the church community can play such a valuable role in this. And one of the biggest things we've found, aside from all those factors like employment and addiction and accommodation and all of these things that do contribute towards recidivism, one of the, the biggest aspects is community. If you come out of prison and you need, you want to make a change, you actually need to separate yourself from some people sometimes. Sometimes they're the people that are putting you into that situation time and time again. And so having a community that gets around you, having people who will stand with you and support you and treat you like family, it's it makes all the difference. We'll talk some more in just a short while. Jonathan Green, our guest, is National Director of the William Wilberforce Foundation. There's a website, wilberforcefoundation.org.au. We'll continue our conversation in just a short while. Talking about one of those organisations in Australia that takes its name from one of the great champions of his day, addressing all sorts of bad issues, particularly issues to do with slavery. I'm talking about William Wilberforce. And there is a William Wilberforce Foundation in Australia that helps to address all sorts of issues like recidivism, the idea that prisoners who, when they get out of jail, will commit other crimes and find their way back into jail, and all sorts of other issues like addictions and family breakdowns. Our special guest is Jonathan Green, National Director of William Wilberforce Foundation. Jonathan, let me take you back to something in our first segment in our conversation. Uh, You mentioned that William Wilberforce was known because of a second thing other than overcoming slavery. There was a reformation of manners. You mentioned that, but when you've got a prisoner being released from jail, I imagine the manners comes into it because you've got to sort of relearn how to integrate back into a society and and not face the prospect of being convicted again for another crime. How does that manners thing work? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Neil. It's crucial, and I think part of it is is modelling. I think often, uh, you know, in communities, um, sometimes there's been a a idea that uh, for you to belong, you have to behave and you have to believe. What we're trying to say in this is, actually you belong straight away and we will get around you Um, and over time as we model the way in which uh, you can be part of this community you'll you'll begin to behave you'll begin to believe and these will be things that happen over time but that's not something that is conditional for you to be part of this Uh, Paul Cowley who uh, Reverend Paul Cowley, who started all of this work, he spent time in prison himself. He spent um, a number of years uh, as a teenager, homeless, um, and had a very disjointed youth. Um, but he came to faith uh, through a, a whole set of circumstances uh, and found himself at Holy Trinity Brompton Church in London, and as a result, got very involved in, in starting this work. And he tells a story about his father. His his father was a very rough man, an alcoholic. And he was known for being able to tame dogs. 
And one day there was a dog that was at a scrap metal yard uh, that nobody would go near. It was on a chain and it was just chained there all the time and people would just throw it meat. And his father went up to this dog and he grabbed it uh, by the neck. The dog was biting him and Paul could see blood on his father's hand. And yet he kept on holding it and he started whispering something to it. And gradually the dog stopped biting and it started to, to kneel down. Uh, and then gradually it lay down and he took his hand off it. He unclipped the, the metal uh, chain that it was connected to and he called it and it followed him. And Paul likens this example to the work that we're trying to do in communities is often you will get people who will spit at you, will hiss at you, will swear at you, will lie to you, all of these types of things. Um, but if we show that love and kindness and compassion and we care for them and we practically provide for them uh, and we get alongside them, it's amazing the change that you can see. I've seen it in people's lives and I, I believe in it because I've, I've seen the transformation. People's lives have been in prison for many, many years for things like attempted murder and for all sorts of violent crimes. And yet when they're connected into a church community and they're supported and they're cared for and they experience Jesus, they can become completely transformed people. And no hiding the character necessary for some of your mentors to have, uh, to be able to have the patience with someone who may be, uh, as you say, even violent towards them in the beginning, but that sort of, uh, those that big embrace, I'm just imagining someone with a big bear hug, uh, yeah. their arms around a ex-prisoner and with a really strong heart desire to see them on the right track. And you've got resources uh, that you're using to be able to help people take those next steps, to, to learn those manners, to be able to reassimilate. Uh, things like your program for addicts and uh, you've got a support program there for broken families too. How do those programs work when you've got someone who's been an ex-prisoner? Mm, so so they work through local communities. Local communities get uh, excited about this or get interested in this and we train them and we provide the materials to them. Um, there's That's something we give away because we really believe that this is important. Uh, and for, for the Caring for Ex-Offenders program, that's a framework that's implemented in the church community uh, where you have a mentor and three or four supporters that get alongside and around somebody and provide that practical support. For our recovery course, it's based on the 12 steps. One, one of the things we've done is we've reintegrated Scripture back into it because, as you probably know and many of your listeners know, the 12 steps is come straight out of the Bible in terms of its uh, ideas around relying upon God, uh, some someone bigger than you, uh, forgiving, uh, being forgiven, um, moving forward uh, with with uh, hope in your heart as well. Uh, so all of these concepts are, are strong biblical concepts, but as they've 
uh, developed over the years and as it's grown as a program, some of them have been stripped back. So we put scripture back into it. We really believe the power of that. We've given it to churches as a lo- as a tool that they can use to to combat addiction and, and issues around um, compulsive behavior within their community. And some of the churches that are running this, they're doing some incredible things. You know, I've got on one hand a church that's running it with young women who uh, they have had eating disorders. And I've got another church putting an A-frame out the front of uh, their church and inviting people in. They, they're in a very low socioeconomic area. They've got drug dealers coming in. They've got sex workers coming in. Um, I've got another church that we we just uh, heard back from, and you know they had a guy who was struggling with heroin, who he's... He's, he's beating heroin, beating the addiction from heroin because of it. Um, but then I've got other other churches that have been running it for guys who are struggling with pornography. So we work across a whole mixture of addictions. I'm a believer in the fact that, you know, there's, there's sure, there's different degrees of addiction and, and different substances, but at the same time, any sort of addictive behavior has the potential to ruin your life. And so we don't judge that and say, well, that's something that we'll focus on and we're actually multi-addiction we really believe that we want to provide something that that can help people if they're going through a situation where they feel like they need help well i think you've probably arrested the attention of a lot of people who know the value of a 12-step program and when you say you're putting scripture back in there I think you'll have a lot of people excited about what you've got to offer let Mm. me just ask you where are you based and for listeners who are listening even in remote communities around Australia Mm. how do they connect or can there be a William Wilberforce Foundation expression in a lot more towns and communities than there are at the moment absolutely so we're based in Melbourne, but we, we work right across Australia. And um, if there's people who are listening now who'd like to get involved in this, who'd like to support people who are struggling with addiction, would like to support people who are coming out of the prison system, uh, our resources are free for you to use. And we will, um, whether we can come to you and do training or whether we need to do that uh, over Skype or the internet or something like that, we'll find a way so that we can help you to get up and running. We're, we want to get as many communities around Australia up and running in this space as we can. We really believe that there's such a need and uh, the, the statistics show that you know year on, year out. Uh, there's 38,000 people in our prison system and that keeps on growing. Uh, we have one of the worst addiction issues in things like gambling in the world and, and, and other areas as well. Um, but these are, are big issues. And it's, the fact is, it's costing us as Australians billions of dollars every single year. And I really believe that the church can play a crucial role in starting to combat these issues in the community. And always interested when there are ministry organisations like yours, Jonathan, and you say, these resources are free and they are available. Well, Mm. there is always a cost, but it's not to the person who's using those resources. I I think you have a campaign running at the present time in the lead up to the end of the financial year. Uh, You're running a a fundraiser. Uh, What sort of dollars do you need to keep everything flourishing and growing? Yeah, look, Neil, we're we're, um, seeking to raise $30,000 
um, by June 30 so that we can keep on doing this work, keep on equipping equipping churches. Um, we're, we're a ministry that, you know, we've, we've depended on uh, the good grace of, of God to, uh, to provide for us, and He always has, um, and we continue to do that. Uh, so I would just encourage you, if you're listening to this now and you'd like to sow into something that really has the possibility of, of having a huge impact in, in transforming lives, to think about whether you might be able to give to this. We're, we're tax deductible, so um, that's always an advantage for people as well. If you go to our website, willbeforcefoundation.org.au, you'll be able to find a link there where you could give. Well, I'm excited about the prospects of what can happen through the ministry that you've got established, Jonathan. I'll give that website address one more time, willbeforcefoundation.org.au. You'll be able to find out all about the good work of the Wilberforce Foundation. You'll be able to find out about those resources that Jonathan was talking about. There is a tab there too. You can make a donation for their end of financial year campaign. Jonathan Green is the National Director of the William Wilberforce Foundation. Jonathan, thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and thanks to all the listeners as well. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.